In the name of Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, dear friends, life isn't always fair. You know this, right? Sometimes we might feel quite strongly that the wrong people have all of the advantages, and the right people, which always includes us, of course, are just trying to get by, and we suffer disadvantages of all kinds. At other times, it's not just a feeling that we have. We literally suffer at the hands of others, and we don't like it, so we strike back. We retaliate with our words. We spread gossip about them. And even if we don't do those things outwardly, inside we sinfully burn with anger. And we can find many ways to try to ease our suffering by making others suffer too. But if you've done that, you know it doesn't really work. It doesn't take your hurt away. In fact, it makes it even worse. If you're a child of God, then you end up with a heavy burden of knowing that you have sinned against God and against the other person. Our sinful nature doesn't handle suffering very well. Today our Savior shows us the, the proper way to view suffering, the, the proper way to handle suffering. The Apostle Peter points us to Jesus, our Good Shepherd, so that we can specifically learn today about suffering for doing good. The Good Shepherd shows the way and the sheep follow the shepherd. When it comes to suffering for good, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, shows the way for his sheep. Vengeful thoughts, words that pay back wrong for wrong, accusations against God when we suffer, sinful complaining, these kinds of things prove that, that you and I are what God says we are. We are like sheep going astray. We're like sheep wandering away from their shepherd. It's possible that you've not thought of these kinds of things as that big of a deal, but but they are. I assure you, these kinds of sins are as damning as any others. But there is hope. There is hope when you look to Christ, when you look to the good shepherd, the one who shows us the way. God says, you were called to do this, to suffer, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you would follow in his steps. Now, there are plenty of non-Christian people who would agree that Jesus is a good person uh, whose life is worth mimicking. But God says he's much, much more than that. In this context of suffering, Peter explains why. He did not commit a sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself carried our sins in his body on the tree so that we would be dead to sins and alive to righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. God saw perfection in Jesus. There wasn't one time when God the Father was looking for something from him and didn't get it. He was the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah's words that are quoted here. He did not commit a sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. And that wasn't just for his growing up years. It wasn't just for his years in the public eye where he's preaching and teaching. 
No, this sinlessness of Jesus went from his birth in Bethlehem all the way through his sufferings and death in Jerusalem. Suffering for doing good. Jesus knew that like no one before him and no one since. We've all been cautioned about talking in absolutes, haven't we? Kids should not accuse their parents. You never let me. Husbands and wives ought to be very careful about accusing the other of never doing this or always saying that. But we can use absolutes when it comes to Jesus. I am absolutely certain that no one ever suffered for doing good like Jesus did. He always did good in his Father's eyes. Great even. The best. Those words aren't even adequate, are they, to describe Jesus? When God says that he committed no sin, well, then we start reaching for words like immaculate, perfect, holy, blameless, faultless. Jesus had to be those things. He was those things for us. If it were only for us that somehow involved suffering smoldering with anger at those who have wronged us when we didn't deserve it, lashing out in revenge, using our mouths to complain a lot, but not really using them to call out to God for relief. If it was only uh, sins like these, if we were perfect in every way except for sins like these, Jesus would have still had to live and to die to pay for those. Jesus was willing to live that life. He was willing to endure suffering unimaginable to make that payment and to bring eternal life into the world. Amazing love moved him to bear the suffering inflicted upon him by people to submit to the torturous death on the cross and, and even worse, the suffering he endured when his father turned away from him in disgust because of the world's sin draped over him as he hung there dying. Can you even imagine the cold darkness that is left when being banned from the presence of God? Jesus suffered all of this to save us. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. That's how much he loves you. This was suffering for doing good to the extreme. We can review Christ's life and see how he remained sinless in spite of the devil's temptations, in spite of the rejection by family who should have known him better than anyone else and known who he was, in spite of the, the insults and the unbelief of the religious leaders who should have known better, who had no excuse for their ignorance and their actions, in spite of a Roman ruler who who sentenced him to death even though he couldn't find any fault with him. All of this was unfair. But no deceitful words, no retaliatory words, no threats, no striking back. What did he do? Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In enduring those sufferings as he did, our good, shep good shepherd accomplished our salvation 
And he shows us the way to handle suffering with a trust that God judges what is best for us, what is necessary for us, while also trusting that God is the one who will repay those who cause our suffering. Jesus, our good shepherd, has called us to follow his example in suffering for doing good. And the Lord makes a distinction between the reasons for our suffering. He says, for this is favorable. <coughs> this is favorable. If a person endures sorrows while suffering unjustly because he is conscious of God, for what credit is it to you if you receive a beating for sinning and patiently endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is favorable with God. So God is talking about suffering for doing good. And if we've are going to be honest with ourselves, we have to admit that there are times that we suffer, but we deserve it. We had it coming because we did something dumb. We did something careless. We did something that's just flat out sinful. And we made the trouble for ourselves. Enduring those hardships is not suffering for doing good. So let's not pretend that, that we're something special because we buck up under the pressure of those difficulties and, and we shouldn't think that God is even remotely proud of us for enduring those things. Just the opposite is true. For example, if we drink and drive and we get caught, we suffer fines and a loss of our license, maybe jail, well, that's our fault. If we offend God by misusing his gift of intimacy and we end up with overwhelming guilt or some medical issues or something else, we brought that suffering on. If we mouth off to mom and dad and we get grounded, we have no one to blame but ourselves. When we sin and we suffer for it, we get no credit for it with God. It's actually the opposite. Our sin angers God. And what should happen then is our suffering makes us think about our sin, which in turn causes us to look to our good shepherd who suffered for us. Like a shepherd leading sheep back from their wandering, our good shepherd leads us back from our sinful wandering and he, he takes us back in and he forgives us. There's nothing commendable about that kind of suffering. Only repentance and reliance on Jesus' forgiveness. But when we're doing the good things, pleasing God with how we think and what we do and the way we talk, and then we suffer for that, well, that's a different story. If we suffer losing a spot on the, on, the, on the team because we've told our coach, I can't make Sunday practices, I can't make Sunday games because I go to church, well, that is favorable with God. If we suffer insults because we say that Christ is the only way to heaven, this is favorable with God. If we suffer, suffer ridicule because we speak up for the truth of God's word, 
That is favorable with God. If our church's reputation suffers because we insist that the Bible is God's infallible word and we have to be guided by that no matter what our culture says, that too is favorable with God. We follow the good shepherd's lead when we suffer for doing good. When we do that, God is pleased because we're submitting to his will. We're acknowledging then that suffering serves some purpose in our lives, just like suffering served a purpose in Jesus' life. And we're trusting the one who judges justly, and not just that he judges those who, who cause us to suffer, but he's the one that judges what kind of suffering will be a benefit to us in some way. Jesus knew he would suffer, and he courageously endured it. Christians should know that this will be the same for them. Maybe you remember what Jesus told his disciples in the upper room the night before he died. He said, in this world, you are going to have trouble, but be courageous. I have overcome the world. Our good shepherd calls us, his sheep, to follow him and courageously endure suffering. That's what's meant here when, when he says that we are to follow in his steps. Our good shepherd had a willingness to suffer for us. We have a willingness to suffer for our good shepherd. Now our willingness to suffer obviously isn't going to earn us forgiveness for our sins. It's, it's not going to open wide the gates of heaven for us. That's what the suffering of Christ was for. And because of him... We stand forgiven right now, and we have the promise, the sure promise of heaven because of him. Our willingness to suffer simply shows our love for the one who is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one that went after you when you were wandering, when you were lost in sin. He suffered for you to bring you forgiveness, to give you eternal life. And he says that he's going to continue to be with you. He's going to guide you. Even during the, these times of, of suffering. We can be confident of that. And we can look forward to the day that our good shepherd leads us out of this world and into the pastures of heaven. Where there are, will be no more suffering of any kind. And we certainly do look forward to that day. Amen. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.